This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me see you put your hands up now. 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 With guest host, Ryan Leaf. I've been listening to you guys since day one. You guys are phenomenal. I'm just keep getting better like fine wine. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Today's guests. NFL Network host, Rachel Bonetta. NBA.com writer, Mark Medina. Plus, Rich Eisen checks in from the NFL Combine. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Day two of the Ryan Leaf experience. I'm filling in for Rich while he's in Indianapolis, taking in all the festivities. I'm joined, as always, by TJ Jefferson here to my right. Ryan Leaf, it's a pleasure to see you, my friend. Pleasure to see you, too. Jason (laughs) Feller. Hey, what's up, Ryan? Working on my audio in my ears, which is awesome. And Chris Brockman. Hey. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, great to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Good to see you made it out from uh, the back, Chris, before the show started. I went to bed... um, Every, every time I do the show, okay, mm-hmm. there's an outpouring of an amazing support around, A, where I'm at, what I'm doing. Um, how far you've come? How far I've come around Rich, who, you know, trusts me with the opportunity and the platform. And... No matter how much support you get, you could get a hundred messages of awesome, great, that was helpful, inspirational. There will always be one or two negative ones, and the human frailty of it all makes me immediately zero in on that. Because for the longest time I fought because I was told just how bad I was. I was shamed. I... You're a bad person. All of these things. And when I hear something like, Ryan, that's awesome. You're amazing. You're an inspiration. My head, my body language always still kind of tilts to the floor. But when you hear, oh, that he's a jerk. I don't believe him. Any of this stuff. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's 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 about right. That's that's the right thing in all this. And that's that's my mental illness. Right. That's the depression and um, the anxiety and everything that that I have to deal with now. The ironic thing about somebody who deals with mental illness is that once you address it, um, bring it into the light, and start addressing it with with counselors and ways to go about things, people start to treat you like the disease no longer exists in you when it will for the rest of my life. Right? This is not something that goes away this is something you have to work at at all times and if you don't we know where that takes me right we've seen it we've seen it many times this is probably my fifth opportunity uh and that's what's so great about america and the people that supported me but that's a big part of this right the mental illness side of everything and i don't mean to get so heavy into this show to start but a young woman at Stanford University, um, a phenomenal soccer player there, um, passed away this week. We don't know the particulars. She was alone in her room on campus, and I don't want to speculate. 
but this lens and teaches and goes to the place of why I do this, okay? A, I'm an incredibly good broadcaster, and I went to school for it, and it's a goal I have tried to achieve post-prison to get where I'm at. But the biggest reason why I do this and why I continuously rip off the Band-Aid on national TV in front of uh, a, a huge audience all over the world and is because it's not about me. This has nothing to do with me. I'm not here to tell everybody, hey, everybody, look how good I'm doing. Right? I'm not Ron Burgundy in it saying, hey, everybody, come see how good I look. That's, that's not why I'm doing this. Right? This is about somebody out there who still struggles. This is about a family member that needs to hear something. And it doesn't mean my story is more important or less important than anybody else's. I guarantee you right now, if you came into this studio, sat down in this chair, and told us your story, I don't care who you are, it would be impactful. Because everybody's overcome adversity. Everybody is a flawed human being trying to be better every day. And we make mistakes all the time. Those that that you think are out there that don't make mistakes or this Instagram life or everything like that, that doesn't exist. That's not real, right? This is an escape. Opportunities like this are an escape and an opportunity to be of service in some way, shape, or form. So that is exactly why I do this. It's not the greatest feeling in the world to you know, talk about all your missteps at the combine yesterday in the hopes that somebody who may be going through that process right now hears it and goes oh this is this is what this is what made ryan who was the second overall pick in the nfl draft stumble and fall because he wasn't addressing the things that he needed to address i had somebody point out that ryan didn't love football that's right why he he failed and that is completely untrue i love football i loved it to death the difference was i didn't love myself very much that's a big, big part of it. That's a story for another time. But that's a huge part of all this, right? You are teetering on this, this razor's edge of confidence and complete failure in your mind, right? Because it can be taken away and go away so quickly. How do you deal with that? And the stigma that has existed for so long is a big reason why it's so difficult for somebody to raise their hand and say, hi, I'm struggling here. I grew up in Montana in a cowboy culture where there wasn't anybody that showed vulnerability. And then I went into the locker rooms in college and in the pros, and I never saw another male stand up and go, I am really hurting here. Can you please help me? So if you haven't ever heard it, how are you supposed to act accordingly? You, you don't. You're the big, strong athlete. You hold everything in. You don't allow anybody else in. And before you know it, you can't compute. You can't function. And scarily enough, could be gone. I had the same reaction when Vincent Jackson passed away a year ago. It was more emotional at the time because I didn't know the man. I didn't know him. I just know that he played in the NFL. He was an incredible player. He did so much for his community, and he died alone in a hotel room. And I know exactly how that feels to 
be dying alone in a hotel room. And it's the worst thing you can imagine. The isolation, the alone, all of it. And I wanted change. And so it was pointed. It was at the NFL. It was at the NFL Legends community. It was everybody involved with that. And I've, I've come to realize that it's more on us as former players. We can't just continue to assume that the NFL is going to take care of us. It has to be with us. And when somebody like myself is given an opportunity like Rich Eisen gives me, there has to be something to that, right? It just can't be that I'm in broadcasting and I commentate about the NFL and, and college football and basketball and everything. It, it has to be more. And if I don't utilize that platform to try to give back, then what's the point? What's the point in that, uh, that I went through everything that I did, the purpose-driven life that exists now? There is no point to it. And that's one of the biggest transitional issues with NFL players or any athlete. They've been this certain thing for so long. How do they transform? How do they transition? What happens when you take off that uniform? You don't feel the value that you've always had because everybody's placed you on this pedestal for so long. And now if you don't know who your identity is, you don't know what your purpose is. I know what my purpose is now. Humility is the ability to look in the mirror in the morning and be okay with what you see. And for the longest time, I was never okay with who I saw. I would look away. My eyes couldn't stare at myself because I was so fearful that I couldn't live up to anybody's expectations, expect, expect, uh, especially myself. But now, this morning, when I wake up and I looked in the mirror, I'm okay with who I am, flaws and all. I'm a new father. I make a ton of mistakes. I'm a partner who makes a ton of mistakes. I'm a former NFL football player who believes is living with CTE. We know what that is now and what the symptoms are. Can't be diagnosed until you're dead. But because of everything that I went through, I had to address a lot of things. And the reason I started this, this monologue to start the show was because when you are addressing anybody who deals with a mental illness, because they're addressing it doesn't mean it's fixed, right? And when you know you are living with something that may ultimately change your behavior in terms of impulsiveness and anger and things like that, you have to address it, right? Things like you go to couples therapy when you don't really have a problem. I go to anger management because I want to figure out ways I can deal with things better. I see a therapist. I work out. I eat differently. Like I know there's a lot of functionality to what I need to do to change. Otherwise, I'm just going to be the same guy that you all saw 10, 15, 20 years ago. And if you don't change, there's no purpose. What's the point? Why does Rich keep giving me this opportunity? Why does everybody in this room support me in the platform that exists because of it? There has to be a purpose. And everybody out there who's listening and watching, you have that opportunity too. When people talk about being of service, they always talk about giving back in some way. Usually revolves around money, but time, I think, is the most serviceable you think you can do. Time is limited. And sharing your story. Being a storyteller. Sitting down next to somebody and hearing them be able to relate to what you've been through or what you're going through and know that there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a solution. That's why I believe we're here on this planet. Period. 
to enjoy everything that comes from it and not take things too seriously. It's a serious subject, but like these guys know and everybody who listens to Rich's show when I'm on, I don't take myself very seriously. Serious subject, but I can be very self-deprecating about everything. That's why it allows me to tell those stories. And we'll talk a little bit more today about the combine and what kind of pressure that goes into that. Just because you're a great football player doesn't mean you have the life skills to, to deal with everything on a human level. I'm certainly the, the blueprint for that, right? Great talent, you know? Poor coping skills. Poor stress um, evaluator and, and dealing with that. And a lot of these players are going to go through some things today, and it's happened immediately, around hand measurements, things like this, that immediately get hypercritical. How do you respond to that? How do you see and evaluate that? How does that affect what's going on? I don't associate everybody who deals with things in an improper way or behaviorally as having a mental health issue. That's my thing. That's what I can speak to. But when we see something negative transpire, I think we're too quick to jump to those types of things. So sorry to blather on. It was an opportunity because of what happened in my Pac-12 conference. Uh, And I felt like it was an opportunity to maybe give some audience members who may not understand fully why this narrative of me hosting and continuing to be part of the Rich Eisen show is purposeful. It's why we do it. It's a huge opportunity for, for me to give back because I took away so much. It was all about me. It was not about anybody else. And that's why I do it. So um, I appreciate you listening to me go on here for, for 14 minutes to start the show. We're going to have a, uh, a heck of a show. Rachel Bonetta from the NFL Network. She's at the Combine. She's going to be here to tell us all about the ongoings there. Um, Mark Medina from NBA.com, a writer, is going to talk to us about the big slate of NBA games last night. I cannot believe the Heat blew that one. We'll talk about that a little bit more. And then Rich, who's in Indianapolis, has got to experience the Combine and, of of course, the Mike McDaniel uh, presser yesterday, which was a lot of fun. He'll join us in the third hour. Thank you for being with us. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. Uh, We'll be back in a minute. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich. He's in Indianapolis. And speaking of Indianapolis, uh, we're going to go right to the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, who's joining us right now from NFL Network, uh, Rachel Bonetta. How we doing, Rachel? Woo-woo-woo! Hi, guys. Good morning. How are you? Hey, did you just, like, woo-woo your own introduction? Well, I mean... Leaf gave me like a pretty mediocre introduction. Like people oh. would be like, "She's up and coming. She is the star." Oh. Let's start. Hey, ready to start over. Let's okay. start. Hey, let's start uh, over. Re- now re- joining re- us re- on the Mercedes Benz Vans phone line, amazing young talent in the NFL Network world. Met her on Saturday at a two-year-old's <laughs> birthday party, <laughs> clinging clinging to her dog. <laughs> she cares for the dog so much. Brought him to the party. It was it was an amazing introduction. She joins the show right now. Rachel, how are you? There you go. That's better. That's what I'm talking about. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Um, so you're in Indy. First time to the Combine. We talked about that on Saturday. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, Biggest thing for me is what what has it been like for you? You know, first time to the combine, kind of watching what the meat market looks like. But what 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 has it meant to you so far? Uh, it's it's actually really cool. I upon arrival, I have been warned by just about everybody. They're like, stack up on your fluids, drink your liquid IV. You're gonna be drinking alcoholic beverages a lot. And so I'm coming. In, I landed on a red eye yesterday. I'm coming in. I'm like, okay, tonight's the night. You know, our TV show starts on Thursday. Like, we're going out tonight. Literally, everybody was gone. I was bailed on by everybody. Everybody was asleep by 10 p.m. And so I'm like, okay, I thought this was going to be a fun week. This is where everyone kind of gets to let loose after the Super Bowl. Everybody bailed on me. I have no friends here. So that's my first impression. Um, And then just excited to see all of these guys. This is like... It, you really can feel the excitement on the street from these kids that are like just walking around. You see them practicing their forties in the hallways, and uh, <laughs> you know the bench press is there. It's, it's a it is a really cool atmosphere. But you know, like I said, I have no friends, so it's going to be a lonely week. We're speaking with Rachel Bonetta, NFL Network host, benched with Bonetta podcast as well. Um, all right. So there's a lot of details that go into something like this, right? And things like hand size and arm length and all these things. I mean, being around the event and hearing kind of the periphery of those types of things, how important is it for for these guys to have these types of things? Or is it just something that the media makes a big speculation of? I mean, I think it's fun to definitely make, you know, hand size absolutely the most important thing of the day. 
which is as we should, ridiculous, but as we should, as we should. You know, we're bored. We we have nothing else to do. But um, no, I, I, this is like the biggest moment of their careers thus far, and I think that you know they obviously want to excel in like every single last bit of it. I did take the now defunct Wonderlick test yesterday, and like thank God that that has been ripped to shreds because I failed ninth grade math. And doing this Wonderlake test, I, I I just felt like maybe the most dumbest person that has ever existed. So, what did I, I think that did you get your score? Exercises, sorry, say that again. Did you get your score? Um, yeah, I'm just a certified dumb person. That's that's actually what that's that was that was the result. Score. They were like, don't ever do this again. Well, what was the what again. was the question that gave you the most trouble on that? Thing? The question was just like a typical, you know, if the train leaves the station at three forty five, yeah. and it, it it was just like, what what do these guys? have to why are they doing this there is no trains in an nfl game well so there were many times when ray lewis hit me i thought he was a train i'm just there was it was <laughs> okay, blowing so through there you have to figure out what time he's leaving this station to get to me at this station yeah so there was, <laughs> it, it made some sense um i was trying to think of some fun things to do with you around uh you know you talked about the the nightlife and, and you were ready to do it and ready to go out and you're young oh, and yeah. i'm in india the first time let's see what it's all about and then eh, kind of falls down because I was kind of looking for some superlatives. If there was like, uh, you know, most likely to succeed, funniest things like that. Um, you know, what what people in our business, either uh, media wise or, or do you think around the NFL would fit into those roles? Hmm. Well, this is the Rich Eisen show, and I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but just you know, just to suck up to him, he's the funniest and he's the best <laughs> in all of the superlatives. Um, you know what's really interesting. Daniel Jeremiah, I would say, most likely to succeed. I was talking to this guy yesterday, and just the way that his his brain works. Like, I was asking him, because he just knows so much about all of these guys. I was like, how much room do you have in your brain? Like, are, are, do you have 150 guys absolutely memorized? Is it 100? And he goes, no, I, I know every single thing about all 300-something players at this combine. And wow. it's just... The prep, the go- he literally started this prep last year. Like, at this time last year, he was looking at this class. So, I think that um, he's absolutely just blown me away. And then I would just say Rich Eisen is the coolest and the funniest. And uh, thank you for having me on this show. Uh, so, he wins all of the categories. I, I, I like that. I like that. He's your, he's your, your, your peer there on, on NFL network and and of course you're putting in a good two cents i'll just let it be known that it was my idea to have rachel on the show today everybody thank so, you I, yes. I figured i figured yeah, yeah. um yeah, we bonded we, we bonded we bonded over a two-year-old's birthday party exactly. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like it wait rachel did you eat like 14 sausage biscuits also because that's what ryan did i did not no but ryan was the first person as soon as i arrived he was like let me run you through the snacks Here's where the cake is. Here's where the Chick-fil-A is. <laughs> he, was, he was kind of just hovering over the snack table the entire time, which is um, I'm know, a, a great place to be. I'm a grazer. He was fighting off children. He was like, move out of the way. This is my donut. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a grazer at these things. Um, and luckily, uh, Sarah, Tiana, Mr. Brockman's fine partner and all this, cooked the most amazing food and i just yeah i i take advantage of those things also i think i i think because uh i knew i was gonna be on tv this week that i i was you know kind of publicly shaming myself i think that was the way i went i approached things <laughs> what um what are you looking forward to 
now that workouts start to begin, what are you looking forward to over the next few days from the aspect of the combine? Maybe uh, when, when it comes down to the players, what are you, what are you looking forward to most? Um, I think, I mean, I, to be honest, like I've never really experienced this before. Right. Um, and I think that this year is really cool that they've added this whole new aspect of like the fans are going to be right there. I think that there's been fans before in the past, but they've had to be like way up in the, in the rafters kind of. That's fans true. are kind of like allowed to be close and, and in the mix. And also they're, they're blasting music. Um, so I'm excited to kind of just, I can only imagine I buckle under pressure. I'm not good at that stuff. I can only imagine how, you know, I, it feels like they're kind of trying to create the atmosphere of, like, what an NFL stadium would feel like. And so them just, like, running these 40s and just feeling the vibe of, like, all of these fans who are excited to watch these guys, I just think it's going to be a really cool energy in uh, Lucas Oil, and I'm just kind of excited to, to watch them do their thing. And also just to, like, the craziest thing is walking around and being like, oh, this could be – we had this big meeting yesterday and he, and you know, our, our leader team man was kind of just like, just remember there's going to be a hall of famer on this field. Maybe, maybe two, maybe five. So is this kind of really cool to walk around and be like, wow, you never know who is going to like pop off and be so insanely famous. These guys' lives are just absolutely about to change. So that it just like really adds to the exciting atmosphere. And um, it's cool. We saw a kid on a bird scooter yesterday and we were like, there. You're the Hall of Famer. What are you doing? It so, is so exciting. funny. Um, you are exactly right, too, because it was so cold and sterilized uh, and and soundless when I was going through the process many years ago and how the NFL has developed this and they can put them in a position. Because I guarantee you the big reason why a lot of these kids play uh, is is because they love the competition but they love to do it and entertain in front of fans. And when you have fans there and you have music blaring, you have the idea of what game day kind of feels like to compete at that, that can only generate, I think, better statistics for these young men and show them what they can do when the lights are on. Or it's like a sink or swim situation. Yep. You know, they're already under so much pressure. Like, I have to run the fastest I've ever run, or I have to lift the most weights that I've ever lifted and, like, do it really well. And then also you add the cameras on top of that. And then you add the fans in the stands and then you add the music. It's just like, okay, this is, this is, this, you know, pretty close to what you're going to get for the real deal. So like who is going to make it and who isn't, who can't, who can rise to this occasion and, and who can't. And I say that as somebody, Ryan, like I said, I am not good under pressure. I would absolutely buckle. I'd run to the locker room and be like, you know what? I'm not cut out for this. What, so, would, what would be I'm, your I'm best just in awe uh, of these young guys, Rachel, what would be yeah, your yeah? best combine event? You know, we see the guys do the gauntlet, uh, the 40, the broad jump, the high jump, all that fun stuff. What would be your A-plus event? I, hmm, that's a good question. I used to throw up um, at track and field. I don't know if you guys have that in America, Tra- like track and field in like elementary school. I used to puke. I'd get so nervous for the race. Wow. But then I'd race, and I'd crush it. So, so you're I'm fast. Rich Eisen out right now. I know he usually runs the 40 at the combine. I think he might be doing it at the draft this year. I could totally leave Rich in the dust. I'm quick. I'm nimble, guys. I'm speedy. Well, well, he's also very slow. I mean, he <laughs> he runs like a six oh five. I was just going to prove it. I'm not just oh, here okay. to talk trash. I'm no, no, definitely talk trash. No, yeah, no, definitely no. talk trash talk when you see it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a big part about being in this business. I can leave him in the dust. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to prove it. 
Um, and I would argue that regardless of what you say around, you know, when the bright lights are on, you're, you're, you're somebody who stands in front of bright lights and does commentary around things. So you, you, you don't fold under pressure. Let's just make that very clear. Um, the idea that they're making this more of a fun event, do you think it's um, the reason behind it is because it's so stressful and so uh, pressurized? Have you, have you gotten that feeling just being around a little bit that there's, that there's some very serious, uh, a very ser- serious nature to all this because there's a ton of pressure and there's a ton of stress, but maybe the NFL's tried to alleviate that a little bit by making it feel like it's more game-like and more fun. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, all these guys are really young. And, and of course, you know, there's these huge atmospheres in college football. Like, they, it's, it's not like this is their first rodeo, but it's really scary. And they're, you know, 20 years old or 21 or 19 or, you know, whatever the ages are. And it's like, yeah, this is the biggest day of their life. So for some guys, it might not get, you know, any bigger than this. So it's just like... Let's take it easy on these kids. This is a game, after all. And so it just, I think watching it and going into this as like purely like kind of just a fan, because I'm not, I'm no Daniel Jeremiah, okay, guys? I'm not uh, crunching numbers over here. But just kind of walking into it as a fan, I'm like, this is really kind of fun to see. And like I said, you're watching these guys and you're like, just if I was on the field, and thinking, okay, if I run fast right now, my life could absolutely change. Like, that's just so heavy. So I think that adding the music and adding the fans really just kind of creates a levity to the, to the situation. And hopefully they'll be able to have fun with it. All right, so let's play this out. We have all the events. We know what all the players do. What if there was a broadcaster's combine? What are some of the, mm. what are some of the events that, uh, like, what would Peter King be best at? Um, Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, instead of the Wonderlink, you have to do like you Wordle. know twelve Wordles or something on uh, under ten minutes. <laughs> I think that that could work. I'm actually going to be spoiler alert. I'm doing um the concourse combine. So because we have all of these fans so into the mix, and um you know they are in the stands, and they're probably you know they're probably talking to themselves like oh I could. I could be faster than Rich Eisen or, you know, um, I'm going to put some of these guys to the test. We are going to be asking them wonderlick questions. So I'm, I'm really just on the lookout for to make fans look dumb, which I think <laughs> will be very entertaining to watch on television. Yes. Uh, and um, so that is something that I'm absolutely going to do. But it, it would be really funny to actually put some of these analysts through the actual combine drills, which we absolutely should do so that you can kind of see – this is what an athlete looks like. This is what Rachel Bonetta looks like when she's trying to lift weights. I well, die. well I don't want to do you're doing a great job for teasing our next uh, few segments here. We're, we're going to do a little comparison around some of these combine individuals and whether or not people would think that they are, are, are the can't-miss um, prospects. So thank you for, for being a part of the show this morning and being there for the first time and filling us in. Rachel Bonetta, everybody from the NFL Network. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you guys for having me. Woo, woo, woo. This is fun. Have Thanks fun. Having you, Ryan. Go to Shake Shack. Rachel Bonetta. She, we got double whoops from her Stay to open, shake. to close. You know, I think that, you know, she inspires me. So if I go on shows from now on and get introduced, I just going to whoop yourself. I'm, I'm my, my own hype man. <laughs> it's essentially who she is. She's her own hype man. Hey, if not you, then who, right? right? You know what I mean? Yeah. If not me, then who? <laughs> All right. That's when we what's come- up.
That's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the veteran quarterback pool versus the rookie quarterback pool and why the both are so important, especially with where free agency starts and finishes to when the NFL draft is. You're listening to the Rich Eisen Show here. We'll be right back. I'm Ryan Leaf. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich, TJ Jefferson. Hello. Jason Feller and Chris Brockman joining me. What it do? I told you guys, like, I couldn't wait for that last break, right? (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) And let them know why. I just, I just, just, just took down a huge uh, vat of keto yogurt with some nuts. It is so tasty. <laughs> so tasty. And I just, I was looking forward to 940 so much. I'm doing like the, you know, the fads, the inter- intermittent fasting. So I had dinner last night at 530 with the family. Couldn't eat till 930. And it had to be something that was going to be, you know, quickly digested or, or consumed because it was during a five minute break here. Well, God, was it good. <laughs> So good. Like you had nothing after five thirty. Not like a couple of potato chips. Not cashews. Not uh, you know, you snatch snatch a thin mint out off a of MacGyver's plate when you walk by. Like nothing. 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 Right. Wow. I fell asleep at nine thirty, so it wasn't oh, okay. that long. So it was four not, hours of yeah. of not eating anything. And then you put the kid down, and then you watch a little TV with 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 the girl, and and then she wants to watch another show, and and you can't. You can't stay awake. I couldn't stay awake, so I fell asleep. I woke up this morning at 5.30 and looked at her, and TV was, I think TV was still on. <laughs> um, she she couldn't, couldn't find the remote to turn it off last night. But, uh, oh, food was so good. Any of you out there that want some really good food and you live in L.A., it's called Sunfair, by the way. So good. Get it. Yeah, free promo. Um, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I already love that. I love it. We talked about it beforehand. We were going to use that drop as much as we could today. All right. And this is a big segment around that. All right. There was a conversation Daniel Jeremiah had, which was it was just talked about by, by Rachel Bonetta and, and all his information and everything he knows, of course, heading into the draft. But the bigger question in this is what quarterback's going to vault into, the let's say, the top five in this year's NFL draft? Because right now, all the mocks pretty much are saying, hey, quarterback is a commodity no one really wants to get into the race for. But that's because there's so many veteran quarterbacks that are out there that are about to hit free agency that teams are excited about, fans are excited about. And you believe you're going to be able to get them, right? I guarantee you there are still some delusional fans out there in Denver think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback next year. (laughs) I would say that's very likely. That's very true. I mean, there's enough of them posting uh, superimposed Bronco uniforms on on Aaron Rodgers' body, which I'm just telling you right now, people, it's not happening, all right? He's going to play for the Packers next year. He probably is going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. So just just get over it, all right? But the reason behind this story and and, and the the narrative we're we're walking down is because – there is going to be a team that pulls the San Francisco 49ers and moves and gives up heaven and earth to move to three to get a guy like Trey Lance. It's not a knock against Trey Lance, but the guy played one year in college football um, at North Dakota State. Clearly wasn't good enough this year to play on a very good team and beat out the likes of Jimmy Garoppolo, who everybody in the world complained about. Maybe it was self-preservation by the 49ers to, to withhold that uh, and, and try to make for a educated and better player in year two. We'll see how that works out. But I will say this. There is going to be a team or multiple teams and general managers in particular that don't get their guy as a veteran quarterback that when the draft comes around and the spin has begun, they're going to develop FOMO. They're going to be fearful of missing out on the franchise quarterback, right? And they're going to move up and they're going to grab somebody. Now, who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be the guy that they ultimately move up on? Is it going to be Kenny Pickett? Well, today a hammer kind of came crashing down. He did not measure his hands at the Senior Bowl. He played incredibly well, right? But today he measured in Brockman eight. Eight and a half. 8.5. 8.5. Man. All right. 6'3", 217 pounds, and 8.5 and inches on the hand. Now, that's going to be the brunt of a bunch of jokes today, of course. Oh, yeah. Twitter's um, going nuts. Twitter loves to do that. <laughs> but it also harkens back to Desmond Ritter, who I think measured his hands at 10 inches, so an inch and a half more. And fumbled 10 more times than the likes of Kenny Pickett while in college. So um, is that is that a is that a real photo or is that one of those ones that... Uh, that no, that's, that's a real photo. I don't think so. No, that's real. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, the character on SNL when she shows up singing and she's just got those like tiny hands mm-hmm. and she's dancing. <laughs> I mean, there's eight and a half is tiny. Uh, what's yours, Brockman? Not great. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, eight and three quarters, but oh. I played quarterback in high school. All good. <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out. Just putting this out there, everybody. I mean, look at those paws. Mine, mine measured at ten and a half. And that was 
24 years ago, do we shrink or do we get larger? I've grown taller, by the way. I was 66 inches at the combine uh, or 67 inches at the combine. I'm 68 inches now. Um, maybe my hand size has gotten to 11. Who knows? By the way, 10 and a half, you would have the largest hand of any starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Russell Wilson, currently your clubhouse leader, he is 10 and a quarter. So we saw how all that worked out for me. So clearly, everybody, <laughs> hand size does not translate into a Hall of Fame career. It will get you an opportunity to host the Rich Eisen show from time to time. That's right. So that's, that's, that's big. You got that going um, for you. I got that's that going for me. That's what's up. And... It uh, allows for fun jokes, right? You know, I have, uh, you know, ten and a half inches means I I wear big gloves. I wear big gloves. Huge gloves. Look, right? two years ago, this was also a big deal because the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, had nine inch hands, and he saw all the jokes and he would tweet about it, like, "How am I ever going to survive and hold on to the ball with my tiny hands?" And <laughs> he just played in the Super Bowl. Just so. won a national championship, a Heisman Trophy. <laughs> yeah. Probably had the best single season uh, a quarterback's ever had at the college football level. And then, you know, in year two, goes to a Super Bowl. No big deal. So it works out. It's not the end-all, be-all hand size, but... And it won't work in Cincinnati because it's too cold. Too cold. Yep. Yeah, our buddy uh, Ross Tucker just had a funny tweet like, Kenny Pickett's hands are so small, how can he ever play in a cold-weather city in the NFL like Pittsburgh? Yeah. Guys, he went to Pitt. I will say this. If you look at his, his years, right, he played, he had got the second senior year and he came back and made the most of it. The most touchdowns he had in any season up to the 42 he put up this year was 13. That's the jump he made. 13 to 42. Amazing. He developed. He got better. I think he's probably the best quarterback in this year's draft class. So that's ultimately going to be the decision. Who is the quarterback you guys think that ultimately, out of this draft class, gets the the biggest FOMO bump? Is the guy that ultimately a team that needs a quarterback that isn't able to get one in free agency makes a makes a big run at, at one of these young quarterbacks coming into the league this year? Yeah, it's it's Pickett. If you think that. He can come in and be your day one starter, or is it a guy like Malik Willis from Liberty who's, you know, kind of climbing draft boards as well because he's that Lamar Jackson dynamic, can do it with his feet and his arm type player if you want your franchise to go in that direction. So we got both types of players at quarterback position in this draft, so it's going to be really interesting to see if one of them, like you said, Ryan, gets into the top ten, gets into the top five because one of these teams miss out in free agency. And has to climb up and go get one of these guys a little earlier than they would probably hope. Yeah, I, I, I knew that San Francisco, with what they were doing, they were going out to grab a quarterback. I think a lot of us thought it was Mac, Mac Jones for a while. Last year, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, last year, and um, so I, I, I can't imagine the big difference in this year and last year. The top two teams in last year's draft were going to take quarterbacks, so that was big because, like, I mean, you have to move up if you're going to get another guy. Now, early on in the draft, a lot of the teams that are picking high picked high a year ago and took quarterbacks, right? You have teams with multiple first-round draft picks. Um, you, you broached the subject yesterday. If you were Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles and you called up the Green Bay Packers and say, hey, I have three number one draft picks for, for Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And what you consider maybe having Aaron Rodgers for one or two more years, would that be 
something you would entertain to maybe move off the the two-time or back-to-back MVP. If you think Rodgers can do what Brady can and have another five good years left, top-level championship-winning years left, like we've seen Tom Brady do, I think that is a small price to pay. You do that every day, twice on Sunday. Three number ones for Aaron Rodgers. As many pointed out yesterday while speaking to the media, you don't hear many people talking about what the LA Rams gave up for Matthew Stafford this offseason. Nope. When, you, when, it, works, yeah. when yeah. it works and you host the Lombardi Trophy, the ends justify the means, yep. no matter what. Now, like I said all week leading up to the Super Bowl, for as much as they mortgage their future, and I do believe that statement is true because draft picks are are incredibly valuable in the NFL culture, all right? They're, they're incredibly valued. But if they don't win that game, you have to look at what the Rams did this year as a complete failure. That's the way I would view it. Yeah, it was Super Bowl or bust yep. as soon yeah. as they made the move. I mean, they sent... Uh, the trade was two first-round picks, a third-rounder, and Jared Goff, who obviously took them to a Super Bowl, didn't win, but proved that he can do it as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people said it right away. Like, Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford's going to be MVP. Stafford was an MVP, had a great year, but they won the trophy, so the trade worked out. <laughs> you can't say anything bad about it ever again. Ever again. Any, any people that, that want to argue in a different direction or something, you can't. Uh, the guy's just got to throw up the ring finger yeah, and say, pow. pow. Yeah. Right? That's all it needs to be about. And, uh, and so, if a team, which I, I, I guarantee this is the truth in the NFL now because of what Philadelphia did four years ago, five years ago, it's year to year. There's no such thing as building for the future. The ability to win a championship now is huge. If they're able to extend that through the process, great, right? Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald are both draft choices that were developed. They're great players that have developed. But the Los Angeles Rams were built with what the general manager did. A huge part of that is. And so if there is a team out there that feels they are a player away, Aaron Rodgers, if they're a player away, and other other aspects of things, then I would expect to there to be some very aggressive moves this offseason. I think this this offseason, because of the success of the last two quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. where you acquired them immediately and saw success, that allows for a much more aggressive and roller coaster type of offseason in the NFL. Yeah, that's something that we talked about after last year. Richard said that Tom Brady going to Tampa in year one saying, I want this guy, I want Gronk, I want him, I want Antonio Brown, I want these guys to come, Leonard Fournette, you come too. And then winning the Super Bowl changed everything for the guys like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I think that's why you saw Russell Wilson kind of flirting with maybe leaving Seattle last year, and now Rodgers was, was iffy, you know, 50-50 maybe to come back to Green Bay last year, and he's you know still waiting on his decision for 2022. It changes everything now. It's the, the NFL is going to turn into the NBA in this sense where if guys are unhappy or don't feel like they're going to win in their situation, they are not going to sit around and let their contract play out. They are going to go, I want to go here, make it happen. I've got no problem with that either. I don't, have a, pro- I don't have a problem with it either. 100%. The, the difference in this is what kind of leverage they have if they're not free agents. I mean, that's, the problem with the NFL is these players have very little, little leverage unless you're a guy like Aaron Rodgers. 
the yep. top of the top echelon of player in the league. And even though he has that kind of leverage, the only leverage he really holds right now with the Packers is retirement. Yeah, sitting out, the threat of retirement. Yes, because they are just maybe not ready for Jordan Love yeah. in year three. We'll find out more, but this story is incredibly compelling around the idea of whether a team is going to jump up to get somebody if they miss out in the veteran side of free agency. We'll talk more about that when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show.